I have some. Good. And uh, welcome to the Sports and Media Podcast. This is our 67th podcast. I'm Jeff. I am Joe. And we're doing a little bit early if you're checking us on Facebook. Uh, Joe's got a big conference to go to. to sports know, conference. Sports conference. That's Lots that. of awesome people are going to be there. So we're uh, doing it today, which is cool. Post-Super Bowl. Uh, I guess our post-Super Bowl recap show, talk a little bit about what happened in the Super Bowl and uh, talk about some of the things. I like the fact that the ratings were down. Only 104 million people. 104. It was funny because I was looking at the ratings there. What, what is it? 100 and yeah, almost 104 million people were at this. Uh, the number two show of the week, the Super Bowl post game, which had 73 and a half million people. Yeah, I'm not into the post. I didn't watch much of the post game. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't care as much. I was just. Ex- I was just excited. Obviously, that you know the Patriots lost more. I know oh, you're not. Yeah, you're really not supposed to gloat in other people's losses, but I think the Patriots are one of the exceptions to the rule. Would you agree? Um, I think this team is. I mean, I. I, I'm not gloating like others. I, again, I don't hate Tom Brady at all. We're trying um, to change that with you, but that's okay. That's another story. Um, he's not, I, no, I mean, he, he's just amazing. He's a cyborg, like we've said. <laughs> um, it's Bill Belichick that I've had some problems with, the way he treats people in press conferences and what have you. But I completely agree. I think they're the, they're the New York Yankees of this decade in the sense that people do not want to want them to win. Most people I talk to, if you're not from New England, you pretty much don't care. Yep, I agree. I, and I have a lot of New England fans. I don't know if you do, too. I got a few, but I've tried to disavow them because I, 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 I just can't. I, can't <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to rub it in their nose because I know it sucks when your team loses or something like that. But I was I was quite overjoyed. I, I was surprised how excited I was when they won. I think I just, woke up the entire house and maybe nailed neighborhood when yeah. that when that strip sack happened yeah so what do you think uh you know the ratings were down about seven million people uh the lowest rating since actually the steelers cardinals uh, uh, super bowl 43 which had like that was 90, a great game too. And that was another great game with the with the homes catch at the end that had 94 million so i mean they're still doing well the last decade has averaged 100 million viewers but let's talk a little bit more along the lines of the coverage of the super bowl uh and, and the game coverage and, and kind of what you thought from from the media as you look at it from the media standpoint well i mean to go back to the one thing you talked about, the ratings, and I think, you know, this is just the way things are going in this country. Things are parsing off, and as big as the Super Bowl is, because the number three show of the week was This Is Us, which had 26 million. So four times as many people watch the Super Bowl. But even the post game, almost three, three times, times yeah. as many, right? Yeah. So that's why Thursday night football still exists. That's why, who knows, maybe they'll have a Wednesday night football, a Monday morning football. I, I guess there's a point of saturation. But I... I Football still rules for 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 ratings, you and know? it's and it, it, it looks good on TV. You know, it's one of the sports that looks good on TV with the you know, with the way the the field's set up. But to your second point about the coverage, I have always respected Chris Collinsworth, and wow, um, he did not Al have a Michaels, good game. and I still do respect them. But of the games, and, and you know, I don't critique every single game that we're going through here, but I was particularly listening to that probably because of this podcast. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I listen to it even more intently now. I was very unimpressed overall. I mean, they didn't have a horrible day, but they certainly didn't have a good day. I, I don't think, at least. What I, do you think? I think that Al Michaels, unfortunately, showed a little bit of his age. He, he messed up a couple times. He said the Patriots had their first lead when they, they were just tied. Right. He called the Detroit uh, Lions the Pistons. 
Uh, he messed up a couple of things coming in and out of break. It just was not his sharpest performance. And I know there's a lot of stuff that we don't see as sure. viewers on TV that are going in and out of his ears, people in the press box and, you know, people screaming. And obviously, You can yeah. only imagine what's going yeah. through his NBC head. did yeah, have one sure. technical issue, which I mean, they may have had that more that we amazing. don't yeah. Yeah. They don't know about. And so I, I can give Al Michaels, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's not that hard to say Detroit Pistons instead of the Lions. I get it. I mean, you know. Sure. Uh, that happens. I, I, I'd be surprised if you didn't make at least one mistake yeah. like that in a game. Everybody it's does. professional as you are, I'd probably yeah. make about 10. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, Chris Collinsworth, I thought – you know, and I've not been a Chris Collinsworth fan overall. I, I think his his the, the, his voice is not appealing to me. But you know, his overtly rooting for the Patriots got so old. I mean, the Eagles fans, you know, were just you know you know. Do you me. think he really was? Oh my goodness! Him? When he was basically saying that both those calls were you know easily going to go for the Patriots, and he just did say kept that. calling Tom Brady the greatest. I mean, it just got to the point where you got to be careful when you when you're on a, on a network like that where you're supposed to be neutral, and there's so much just you know blatant just pro Patriot stuff. It it gets old. I mean, we know the Patriots are good, and I know people like me who are anti-Patriot and hate everything about the Patriots are going to pick up on more than maybe the casual viewer would. But then when I read the next day that he was, you know, you know, Yahoo had a story about, you know, that, you know, Collinsworth broadcast was bad. And, you know, the Philadelphia people, Chris Long was was blasting him. You know, it made me feel like, you know, maybe I did see and hear a little bit about what people were talking about. So I, I get it. Um, but I will say this. The product looked great. NBC did a great job in terms of you know showing all the plays, the angles, the replays, oh, fantastic. the production yeah, element. Yeah. Other than thirty seconds going out, but you know machines break. We know that. Sure. So thirty second, you know, black uh, on a uh, on one commercial break. You know, which a machine broke and they were trying to fix it. You know, technically it looked really, really good in terms of uh, the camera angles and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything that you said there. I thought that it was it was for me. I don't know if glaring is the right word, but it was it was very clear that this was not a good game for either one of them, and I don't know why. Because Chris Collinsworth, I guess when people first start out, I don't know. You're, you're again, yeah. you're about we're about the same age. When David Letterman first came out, he was cutting edge. Yeah. His last few years, he was not so much. Maybe even the last decade, he was not so much. He was still good, but he wasn't that guy. And uh, he has a new show out. I don't know if you've seen. Yeah, on, Seinfeld on and Netflix. Obama are going to Oh, be no, a... he's got another one. It's just an interview show. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, you're right. He yeah. had Obama. and yeah. that, You're right. Absolutely. So he has all these people on there. And that's a little bit more cutting edge. The Chris Collinsworth I remember, and maybe I remember too much, and that's why I like him so much, was when he first came out, he had some very crisp comments. He really understood what the game was going. We've talked about Tony Romo. Tony Romo right now was that type of a guy, uh, although it was sort of. Yeah. I thought it was even more cutting edge back when Chris Collinsworth was doing on the HBO show, I think, or whatever. And, and I'm not sure that NBC didn't really think this was going to be the capstone to the Patriots dynasty, and they really were kind of gearing this broadcast up Could to hail been. this as the greatest team ever. And when it became a game, and a game that the Eagles led a lot of the game, it really kind of maybe changed some of their posturing of how they were presenting it because I think yeah. they really thought going in that this was going to be the one that said this is the greatest team we're ever going to see, and it didn't turn out that way. And so maybe that threw them off a little. I don't know. Yeah, I, what, what I was noticing was that anytime somebody did something good, suddenly they were the greatest <laughs> or they were really good. And I know that happens in a yeah. lot of broadcasts, and when something bad happened – there was some apology for it, or maybe the other ter- person. Yeah. I, I, did, I didn't feel like they were calling the game that I was watching. Well, I the- felt like what you were saying at some point, and you know, I wasn't. I know you really hate the Patriots, uh, and I only but, with but, a but passion, I, but, Joe. Only, uh, only with, with a, a passion. passion. But yeah. I know you can also look at things past there too. I just saw a little bit 
if I saw a little bit, maybe there was a lot of a little bit more towards the Patriots. And maybe it's for the very reasons you said that this may be the greatest decade of any team in the history of NFL, right? It could have been. It, 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 it probably already is, actually. Yeah. You go 5-3 and three in the Super Bowl, what? Over 11 his, years. Yeah. Over 11 years. <laughs> yeah, please. That's the greatest duration ever in football. Yeah, I But they, you don't have to be such a homer. You don't have to Well, yeah, apologize. you shouldn't be on that network when you're trying to present a broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you saw a team of the Eagles who, which were, were going toe-to-toe, and they did go toe-to-toe, and they took the lead. And, you know, uh, when, when, when they knocked Brady, you know, when they knocked the ball out of Brady's hand and, and they picked it up, at that point you, almost, you thought, well – they might do this. I still didn't until that last pass hit the ground. You still didn't know. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, it almost didn't hit the yeah, ground. It was close. But there were so many obvious comments. Yeah, and, I agree. And platitudes for both sides, really. Went Rodney Harrison um, on the pregame. I was just tired of hearing them. It's yeah. like give me something new. I mean, I really yearned for Tony Romo yep. or John Madden. <laughs> yeah. You know. And, you know, Rodney Harrison on the pregame show, a former Patriot, they, he shouldn't have been on there. I've it, never really been particularly yeah, enamored And he of him. wasn't a very nice Not, player on the field anyway. No. And, he was, and and just to have his favoritism for the Patriots again on the pregame, it really slanted it to an NBC pro-Patriot. And then when Collinsworth did what he did during the broadcast, just whining about the Patriots not getting the, you know, the calls, uh, which I, I find is so ironic, uh, they've got every call every game. But can, can you go are, back and are look? You, aren't you really surprised in, the, in that game? I was really surprised. Both calls went, which I thought were the right calls. I thought the first. I mean, all all aside, I, I thought they were both right calls. But I, I'd be curious to go back, and maybe this is better for like Richard Dyche at SI or somebody else who deals with this yeah. all the time. But I'd be curious to see how many times was he right and wrong this year in the calls. Is he always almost wrong? I, I, <laughs> I don't because yeah. he was he, he was wrong. You would go back was, to the first call you were saying. I thought the first one. I, I if if you if I had to pick which one I thought was not a touchdown, the first one I did, I can understand. Now keep in mind one of the things that people are that the one we, by Corey Clement. Yeah. Where he kind of moved the ball, but you can have control of something and move it, you know. And I yes. think that's where Collinsworth messed up. But I could see that if they said the ball wasn't in his control when he was moving it, that maybe that wasn't a touchdown. The second one I thought was an obvious touchdown because he became a runner, and runners can jump over the top of the. He pile. did take those two steps. Yeah, yeah. That was the big difference. If he had just caught and leaped and never yeah. put feet on the ground, I think that's what happened in the previous Super Bowl, yeah, right? Yeah. Or was it? Was it the Super Bowl when he didn't? Uh, what, was it the Steelers? Yeah, right? the Steelers. He didn't. He didn't take any steps. Yeah, he then. just moved his body forward, and they're saying that's Ertz why. Ertz clearly took yeah. two steps, and actually, I'm almost wondering when he hit the ground if it, he had cupped it and it popped yeah. up anyway. But I thought the NFL rule was the rule on the field stands unless overwhelmingly evidence to evidence. You don't. You don't watch it just neutrally, like okay, let's just see if this what the call should be. It has to be able to overturn the previous one clearly. Isn't that the way the I NFL does it? I believe those. That's the wording of it. So about. even in Clement, if you even thought possibly he didn't have control, it wasn't overwhelming, overwhelming. evidence, and therefore you should not over uh, overrule that. Otherwise, they got to change. They really need to change the rule because I see too many games where they just go from, f- from well, without the overwhelming evidence. You're saying yeah, it sort of looks like this. Well, the problem is this too: is that like either those plays where the ball moved, you know. Because they're a receiver, everything is a different perception. But if I'm a running back and I jump over the pile and I get the nose of the football over by one millimeter, touchdown. And then I fumble, it's touchdown. a touchdown. Moment you break the plane, it's a touchdown. The rules make no sense because I don't have control of it for the entire way through. But because I'm a runner, they got to quit differentiating between runner and receiver. If the ball crosses the goal line in 
possession of the football, it's a touchdown, and leave it alone. Now, obviously, a receiver would need to have the two feet in, but a running back doesn't have to have two feet in. So the whole system of the rules and the language, really, if you were bringing some people from Mars out here, they'd go, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Well, that, that's really the problem is, like, if, if your fans don't understand the rules, even if you make the right call, the people who don't like the call are going to get angry at you, and therefore that's hurting the sport too. Exactly. Exactly. Um other stuff. Uh, oh, one thing from the oh, Super Bowl. My, what, what was your favorite memory from the Super Bowl, from any of the game or post-game coverage? I have a clear one. My memory, I, when Brady fumbled, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't stand the man. I thought that was awesome. I, I just thought, here it is, the greatest quarterback of all time, in everybody's opinion, other than mine, uh, that he Well, fumbled. I don't think it's the I, I, it, it comes back to an argument that... I walked into my sports writing class earlier today, yeah. and students are screaming and yelling at each other. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I had posted something. And um, and I'm just sort of laughing at it. They're just screaming and yelling as to who is the greatest basketball player of all time. Was it Co- LeBron James or Kobe Bryant? I said, well, neither. Yeah. But it, that's kind it's of a Bill moot point. I don't know. I, I brought him up. He goes, well, he – anyway, I won't get into that argument so much. <laughs> but I, I said – Bill Russell's in my top 10 of all time. And they're like, how come? I said, because he won, what, 10, 11, 11 championships? champions in yeah. 12 years. Or something like and that. Um, I said, he used to school Will Chamberlain, who was like five inches taller. Yeah. Uh, but but it's kind of fun to see how passionate people yeah. are. And the same thing with Tom Brady. Is he the greatest of all time? I, I don't know that you can say, but he is. Is he in the equation? Oh, absolutely. Oh, he's in the top five. But when he fumbled that ball that you're talking about, it's kind of funny how the term fumble is. I, when, If you just hear fumble, you're thinking someone lost. Yeah. That was really a cause fumble, fumble. which was an excellent play to knock it out of his hand. The only sack in the game. The only sack in the game. I I, I admittedly leaped high in the air and screamed, and I think I woke my wife up, who gets up early to work at the hospital. Um, (laughs) I think she's forgiven me. I I hope. Sorry, Betsy. That's all. Uh, So. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. uh, What about you? Was that yours? Your. um, My favorite moment in the game was the direct snap. That they got back to, I think it was to Corey Clement. Oh, when they did the reverse to And they the did a reverse and threw it to the, I mean, that, not only was that the gutsiest call I've ever seen in a big game in my entire life, it was also an unusual play at the yep. same time, right? That wasn't just let's go for it and run it up the, off the, you had, <laughs> you had falls, a lot of, lot of moving parts. Lots of, of moving yeah. parts, unusual parts. It was such a fun play to watch if you weren't a Patriots fan. Even, yeah. even you know, I mean, anybody else probably thought, and, and if the Patriots had done it, they would have thought that was the coolest play ever. I agree. After the game, my favorite moment was on the NFL Network. Oh, you're not going to bring him up, are you? I am. Oh, Kevin Joe, Hart. please don't say that. Why? I'm not going to say the word. No, I, it, 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 that, I know what you're saying because he said an F word. I didn't but, like it. I just thought it was the most memorable one. But think he, about He's this. been at a lot of events, and people were saying he was drunk and he's, just fluttering around. A, Kevin Hart's annoying. That's the one word I would say. <laughs> he's really annoying, and he's funny and talented. Don't he's get me wrong, very but he's talented. very annoying. Yeah, so when he, he did the NBA All-Star game and did, sure. played, he was annoying. Uh, but the, here it is. This is the NFL Network. They are supposed to represent the NFL. Why were they even thinking about having Kevin Hart on in a post game? He had nothing oh, to no, do Oh, no, no, he shouldn't game. have been there. And again, yeah. I don't say this is my favorite in the sense of I loved it. It was the most memorable, memorable yeah. because I, I just sat there and I just went, an F-bomb just got across the TV. I, was, I mean, I know it's cable yeah. and you can do that, but it just was so shocking to me to yeah. hear that word not get beeped, not anything else, and I just sort of laugh, go, because I like to curse, and I thought, 
F yeah, I probably said the word again. <laughs> F yeah, good job, Kevin uh, Hart. Even though I, I agree, he should not have been yeah, there at why, that moment. Yeah, it's just there's so many other people that. Have, but there know, was a lot of playful things yeah. going on at the same time in the post game. Well, the other big news of the NFL, of course, has happened in the last uh, 20 hours or so. Yes, is, uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts signed Josh McDaniels. The or offense, did they? And then. He uh, it rescinded the offer and is back with the uh, Patriots uh, for next year. Well, he he he's declined the offer. Isn't that what happened? No, he accepted it. And then, they, he, and then he declined, then he declined right? Then he rescinded. Because they, they gave him more money, right? Well, nobody knows why. They haven't said why. Yeah, yet. we haven't heard their whole story. Yeah. Correct. Okay, sorry. And so yes. I'm assuming what happened after McDaniels accepted the Colts' offer, the Patriots called and said, listen, what if you're going to – I mean, and who knows what they're going to be. Maybe they promised the job after Belichick retires. Maybe they offered him more money. Maybe he just had a you know change of heart. I mean, it does happen. It's happened in the, in the pros uh, a couple of times in, in pro basketball. I, I heard Kraft had offered some additional money, but the reportage of that is, is inter- it will but, be interesting. But the funny thing say. is, Pro Football Talk had this story about – Last Thursday or Friday, that McDaniel's was was gonna come out and maybe not take the Colts' job, and and uh, Florio just got railed on and said and by by coming out with this that you know, but he Florio had, was the one who reported Florio it. Florio reported it before it happened. Then gotcha, it happened, gotcha. and so Florio kind of responded. I I told you guys, I knew my sources, and and I thought that was it was good reporting on Florio's part. And he stood by his he took some heat, stood by his guns, and then it ended up being right. On the on the other hand, though, Adam Schefter the day of the Super Bowl reported that Ryan. Shazier of the Steelers was up and walking and all of a sudden, you know, the Steeler fans are going crazy on the internet, going, that's awesome, great news. Yeah. You know, they're sending Shazier all these congratulatory notes. Well, Shazier has to come out and basically let Michelle Tafoya have the story that, no, I'm not walking. I can I can up uh, up a little bit, but where, this, where Shifter got this story, nobody knows. And so we really saw some weird reporting around the Super Bowl, everybody trying to break some kind of news. And it's just funny. You know, you've talked about it. You got to get your sources. And you got to get you them do. Du- double check. You got to trust them. And you got to trust them. Well, sometimes you also have to. If you've worked with a source for time and time again, we were talking about this in the sports writing class this morning. Is that they were asking me what I would say about Malcolm Butler, the def- defensive yeah. back, why he didn't play, and and they said, well, would you report on that? I said, I absolutely report. But let's get this clear: reporting and disseminating the information are two different things. I would be reporting, which means I'm investigating, interviewing, trying to find these things out, and then when I feel confident on it, I'm going to. Clearly, Adam Schefter thought that he was confident because he, he he uses sources. Yeah, and he's a he's a pretty good reporter. I, like I, mean, he, I think he does an excellent job. Yeah, he's actually. one of those guys when he comes on TV. If he says what? something, usually trust yeah. it. So someone gave him some misinformation I from a source he probably usually trusts. I think he saw the picture online of Shazier and Roethlisberger standing, and I think he went with the fact that, he, that you know there was a little people saying he's walking, he's walking, while well, he really wasn't. That's the only thing I think. Maybe he's, under the gun yeah. he did that. But with the Malcolm Butler story, the story that's not I, mean, I know everybody Belichick's never going to say the reason the patriots are never going to release the actual reason that's who the patriots are butler may eventually butler, if he gets signed somewhere else or retires but what i don't understand is this if you have 45 active players on sunday and you're not going to play malcolm butler why is he dressed and in uniform as an active player when you have seven other players who are in street clothes and you've actually you're hurting the entire team not you're not making a spectacle out of Malcolm sure. Butler. You're hurting the other 44 guys that were active. I, you know, I don't understand that. To me, that's where Belichick should be questioned, not just by the media, but by the general manager and uh, Kraft. Because wait a second, we could have had another player active participating that made a bell made a play or two. They lost Brandon Cooks early in the game. Yes. They, maybe they had another wide receiver that would have maybe been active. Sure. So that was an interesting uh, talk that really I have not heard that point being brought up. If he doesn't want to play, that's fine. That's every coach is right. Well, I, I think it's to the point where certain coaches 
probably more coaches than players. When you're a coach and, and, and you've been so successful, you can do whatever you want, it seems like. So uh, whatever Nick Saban wants to do, he can do. Whatever, I don't know, Greg Popovich wants to do, he can do. Or, but um, some coaches have established that, and clearly Belichick can do whatever he wants because if that's, in fact, the story that comes out, that he could have played, he was just angry at him for something, I've heard all kinds of rumors from where he had been the night before to something he was doing, which I won't share just because I don't know if they're true. Yeah, they um, if he's doing that just for punitive damage, I mean, the only th thing I can think of is if he had him dressed, it's like, I'm going to have you dress and I'm really going to make it worse on you instead of you not dressing and going someplace else and escaping this. I, he, I hope that. I really yeah, hope but, that's not the case. I yeah, have no idea. I have no I, idea. Maybe it was such an egregious thing that Belichick is absolutely right. But and we he may well be right, but I, again, don't dress him. You, you know, right, you, don't dress him. Don't no, dress that's him. the point. That's that's the, what I don't get, and I don't know why no one's brought You're weakening that up. your team, even yeah. though you say, well, it's the 45th player. But with Cooks going out, you, you, were, you were down now to 43 mm. players because Cooks went out early in that game right. with a concussion, and they only had three other wide receivers dressed. I don't know if they have another wide receiver on their inactive list. I haven't checked that far, but let's assume they did because usually everybody keeps one of every kind of type position. Well, then – who knows what happens later on? It really does. Uh, it really it, did. Uh, it did uh, hurt them a little bit. I think. It makes you wonder if this someday will be a thirty for thirty or something like that, or some sort of documentary about what's going on. Well, it also leads me to believe that on a completely just football-related subject, why in the heck are players inactive? If you have fifty-three players on your on your roster that are all getting paid, and then on Sunday morning you have to pick who the seven are that can't play, why? What? What good is that rule? Is anybody, and no one's ever explained to me the fascination with that. I, I wonder if I. I I suspect that it has to do with labor negotiations yeah. and pensions and, you know, building up, you know, yeah. the time and uh, time, time spent. I, I, I would guess it's yeah, one of our like viewers that. out there. Think he's, William Barnes thinks Belichick doesn't have all the control. Jimmy G would still be there if he did. I still don't think that was a Billy B decision, according to Williams. Thanks, William, for your yeah. – we love, we love input like that. So. Yeah, and Garoppolo probably going to – our very own Eastern Illinois University's Jimmy Garoppolo will be signed for a long term from, yep. from the Niners. And with, with the Eagles winning, Eastern Illinois is still undefeated in the, in the Super Bowl. They are 8-0, and correct? 8-0. and I believe that's what you reported. Well, I got <laughs> it from somebody else who got it from somebody else. I'm sure the one who – But, you know, Kamu, I saw it on the yeah. – I'll, I'll give credit to Rich Mosier and his, his group over there in the athletics because that's where I read the best piece on it. They they had they posted something online how, and I knew most of them. Like I knew it was uh, Shanahan who coached two Denver victories, Ted and then Peterson you also had two. Sean Payton coach the Saints to a championship. Ted Peterson was on two championship games. Garoppolo was on two teams, even though he didn't start. I don't know if he even got in the games. And then Kamir uh, um, Grugier Hill, isn't that yep. the new player here yep. um, who was the special teams? Yep. Who I believe dumped the Gatorade dumped on the Gator on Peterson, and he had a penalty in the game too. Did he really? <laughs> oh, we won't mention that. We won't mention That's that. That's right. He got he's got a ring. That's awesome. <laughs> That's right. Um, Super Bowl commercial. Commercials? What do you think? Did you, any of them stand out from a media standpoint? You know, I, I thought they were better than last year. I know year's. you always laugh when I bring this up all the time, but there was a different political message here to politics. I know it's tough to escape it. I was amazed how many commercials went out of their way to talk about we're all the same, um, be tolerant of people of other ethnicities and racial yeah. and looks. There was all of the ones from the baby one to the other. I mean, it's almost like certain companies were saying, hey, we believe in this, and I hope you'll like us because we believe in these things. Yeah. Did what? you notice I a lot of those? I talked about in my media sales class yesterday, I talked about the same thing. I don't know if it makes me want to go out and buy a T-Mobile phone, but I appreciate the fact that T-Mobile— Or even State Farm, yeah. But they spent $5 million to, to show me a bunch of babies, and then at the end say, this was brought to you by T-Mobile. Think about that. So yeah. then 
that does make you think. But yeah, it was. It, but it wasn't as different times. It, yeah, different times. But overall, I thought some of the commercial creativity was better than last year. Did you? I, I, overall, I last year was so political and so. And they just they, there wasn't much funny last year. They're, they went back to a little funny this year, and, I, and that's what you I, thought it was brutal last year, like a Jeezy song. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna drop some yeah. more music here. Let him go on you. So there, uh, and there was great music though. The We Will Rock You, and they had you know oh had, yeah. a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So it just it seemed better. My favorite year. one was the Doritos. I think commercial there. I just love. Uh, I liked the. Uh, I love Peter Dinklage. I love him yeah. in Game of Thrones. I've liked him since he was in the train uh, the train agent that yeah. uh, station there. He was fantastic, and I thought he did a great job. Was it Buster Rhymes whose song he was yeah, he Buster was song, he was mimicking, yeah. and then you have uh, Morgan uh, Freeman Morgan coming. Freeman going out there with it. Was it, it was a Missy Elliott song? I'm not I guess? sure what that one was, but uh, okay. it was good. Though. I don't act like I know music yeah. here, but uh, I, that was my favorite one of go. all of them. I like the I e- like I like Hugh. I prefer my humor in Hugh Super Bowl commercials. I like the E Trade uh, with the people that are retired and the old, the old lady with the fire hose and that with all the different old people doing that stuff was like that. that was awesome too. I like that, that was a very good commercial. Now I'll tell you the ones I really didn't understand were the New Coca-Cola product ones where they did those the little skinny things. There's a woman in skinny jeans yeah, and the skinny she, cans. It's like let's repackage our. The product's the same, but it's a skinny can. I just didn't understand those or, at all. Or, the girl didn't even act like she really wanted to hold the can. It was like <laughs> right, I, right. I getting paid to do this, but yeah, that, that one didn't work so well for me from Coca-Cola. But, that was that was pretty. Well, funny. we're about out of time, but I did do some research, Joe. You're going to be happy with me. I want to hear this. The Walking Dead returns February 25th. Yes, 25th. So we're still that. a couple weeks out before we do any recap and uh, and our a- annual or Walking Dead recaps and talk and uh, as we gear forward. But I did notice a lot more uh, commercials are coming on TV right now and, and on AMC and preparing you for the Walking Dead. There were a lot. There are a lot of commercials also for movies that are coming out. Yeah, because there's big movies next summer. You got another Jurassic Park. You've got, oh my, you know, you've got a couple the 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 Black Panthers out now. You've got a couple other great movies that are going to be. There out. There were at least four I counted, and yeah. I can't recall them all right now. But I thought, wow, I guess. I don't know if that's because NBC might be connected to Universal. Well, Studios it's just 111 or million people, or yeah. 104 no, million. No, no, I, I yeah, yeah, I, mean, I get that. that. You know, so you know, you you. Pre- I mean, we're talking about Jurassic Park now. It's not coming out to July, but you know, oh, there's a Star Wars. Star it Wars. wasn't. A, it was a Star Wars it like sort of side one, yeah, Han Solo, yeah, yeah. which which looks interesting. But overall, I kept looking at the commercials, going. Eh, eh. The Bud Light one wasn't very. The first one was good. It got you in, and the rest of them were bad. I okay, mean, here's the key: if you're doing commercials next year for the Super Bowl. Give us humor and find a way for animals to be cute. You know, <laughs> the horse that was, sa- was saved yeah, and comes yeah. back, the Dalmatian. I know they're old, but find some other way to get animals, cute animals, and humor. There you go. Joe Gisandi. But as if you. I know anything about advertising, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Odell, ba- uh, Odell Beckham dancing. Oh, that you was know what? Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I, that was one of our William Barnes said the same thing. I, I really did like the the OB, that, that was rated. I think as one of the top commercials afterwards from whoever rates them. But I noticed on Twitter, even after the game, Eli Manning was trending in the top five at two at most of the point because of that commercial. There you go. Isn't that interesting? Yep. That was a funny. That was a really goofy. It's almost like Eli was mimicking his brother. There you go. It's funny. Yeah, they, yeah. A good way to say it. Yeah. So a couple other notes real quick. We'll get out of here. Olympics start this week. Um, I, I, Thursday, know, right? Yeah, I'm kind of actually looking forward to something just I different. love the Olympics. Yeah. I'm, I'm, now that Super Bowl's over, yeah. I'm excited. National Signing Day was today for college football, today. which is not near as big. because NSD, of some of the, but it's still of the early signing. Yeah, it's still interesting. Georgia is cleaning up, which is, saddens me a little bit, uh, but they're really doing They well. have been, though, and for a while. One week from today, Joe, when we're back, or next Thursday when we're back, spring training will be underway. 
the baseballs are out. Pitchers and catchers report. There you go. So that's what's happening in the world of sports. Anything on your end? Nope. Just I uh, thought one sort of fun. We Sometimes we talk about a fun thing. I thought it was kind of interesting how someone on ESPN, I don't know if it was on which of the shows, was talking about how the uh, a mascot for the Notre Dame is um, – um, is is a bad mascot? As if it's it's horrible that they thought that it should be taken off the same way the Cleveland Indians mascot should be taken off. The little guy. Yeah, the, the little, little mascot. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know if there's a leprechaun association that's angry about this. If people who are Irish are angry about this, I don't have any. They're fighting Irish. I, I was it. trying to find out before the show the reason for yeah. it, but I suspect there really wasn't a really good one. Well, one other ESPN note: Jamal Hill is no longer on Sports Center at six. Which uh, you know she, she she wanted to go back into reporting and writing, which is fine. Um, and she's working for the undefeated now, right? Yeah, I think. Believe and a little bit of still yes. She's an excellent reporter. Yeah, so and I thought she did a fine job. To, she, my understanding. She's very for, political. Yes, yeah. and she, and she I think was hoping that this show was going to be different and was going to be like the one where she had previously. Yeah. You know the his and hers type show, and apparently they tried sanitizing it. And you know, you take anything good and you try to sanitize it. No one wants to watch anymore, right? Exactly. So, and Sports Center at six is no longer that relevant because we already know our sports news. The Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt, where there's highlights and kind of the recap of the day, is a lot more important. I, I even still, I don't know how you are early in the morning. I do like to get some highlights in the yeah. morning of some of the key games. It keeps me updated. Yep, exactly. But maybe I'm just old. We are. That's all right. <laughs> but we're fun. It's <laughs> yes, our podcast. We do. That's right. There you go. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Everybody Everybody have a great day. Stay warm.